Hello and welcome to the Testing Peers podcast. Today we're going to give you an update on the Maker Tester program that we've been working on. And we have a different lineup tonight. We have a double substitution. Russell and Chris are off gallivanting at Eurostar. So we've bought two reinforcements from the bench, just as good as the uh, originals. So we have David as always. Hello. We have Shay. Hello. And we have Beth. Hello. And just to induct them into being podcast host, Shay, I believe you're going to give our uh, sponsor message. Thanks, Simon. Yes, we are delighted that Saffron QA continue to sponsor the podcast. Saffron QA is a specialist in testing recruitment, offering permanent contract and newly developed retained recruitment service. More details can be found in the show notes, or please reach out to Ben directly to find out more. Thank you, Shay. And uh, banter with Beth. Oh, okay. No pressure. I think in Chris's absence, anyone except Chris makes a poor banter substitute, but I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Won't say that personally. (laughs) Yeah, no offence. Some (laughs) offence. Talking about Maker Tester today, so I guess we decided a good banter question would be, what I would like to know is, what have you done to make testing fun? Simon, did you want to kick us off? Well, there's a question. I wonder who thought of that one. For me, it's always been the way to make testing fun is to make it a group activity. We've had our test community internally. That's always been a fun thing to invite people to come and talk. Beth, I believe you've spoken at that. And just get people engaged, get people excited, give them the opportunity to try things out, do group exploratory testing, mob testing, ensemble testing, whatever it's called, and just really try and get people engaged. That's how we've certainly had success making it fun. Excellent. Shay? Well, for me, I think where I've tried to make testing more fun is to be a champion for it in as many meetups, conferences, podcasts, like this great one, as possible, to just talk about testing to people, but not in a pushy, pushy way. I found when I was trying to champion testing and go, hey, everybody wants to be testers. Come on, come on, come to me. I found that got a lot of people turned off. So just to be there and just be, hey, I'm a tester. This is who I am. Testers are real people too. Come and chat about it. And uh, if you have a problem, let's work on it together. I think that's made it more fun for me. But I hope I've brought people along on that journey and they found an enjoyment in testing, be they developer, tester, product owner, project manager, et cetera. Yeah, very true. Very true. David? Yeah, I'd echo both their points, really, being a champion and also inclusivity within the test group that, that I help run. And as part of that group activity, what we do is we do things like tester games. So we have a, a meeting every so often where we set aside time to think of testing scenarios or expanding people's, breaking down people's perceptions or assumptions by playing games. And People can then interact with each other, obviously, can share ideas, but also to expand their sort of knowledge or understanding. We also do a forum as well, which people come with testing ideas or testing problems. Sometimes as part of that, we do a lean coffee where it's a safe space for everyone within the company or every tester in the company to be able to share ideas. Or And also it expands and gives everyone the possibility of having again, a bit like this, peers to actually talk to if they have a particular problem and also to extend knowledge outwards. Amazing. I suppose I need to give an answer now, don't I? Yeah, go on, Beth. Go on. Making testing fun. There's a lot to reflect on and what you've said about communities of practice and how, you know, when I started testing, 
<laughs> many, many years ago. That just really wasn't a thing. And fun wasn't considered really an important part of the, the job. And you were often kind of really isolated. And I think all your answers and some of the things that I've seen, when I look at the feeds on Twitter of Eurostar Conference and the Agile USA that's going on at the moment, fun is a major part of that. Like It's a really great way to make testing relatable to others outside of it and to make people in it want to stay in it, want to be a part of it. So um, I'm really glad there's much more fun in testing and it's really nice to hear you're all up for the fun, up for bringing the fun. I think you're you're right. I mean, I remember when I started testing, it was very all about governance and regulation and ticking boxes and pass-fail rates and you didn't know anyone outside the company that did testing. It was literally what how you did it in the company was the way everyone did it. And the world has changed. But I think, yeah, it's definitely helped, especially through the last few years, made it more interesting to uh, use the community as a way to, to grow. Yeah, I agree. And Beth, when you were talking about sort of games and same with you, David, I was reminded about how James Lindsay and Michael Bolton and the Ministry of Testing with their testing essentials have made testing fun by bringing games to it. You know, James Lindsay's site, if you haven't gone on it, there's tons of games to help you sort of think about exploratory testing. Big shout out to those guys who have gamified. And Nikki Sedgwick and Christina O'Hainen. I'm sorry if I've got her name wrong, but yeah, this gamification and this bringing games into into testing has really, really changed the scene. Emna uh, Ayad is a huge fan of gaming as well. I know she's done a lot of talks on it, on on how gamification can be used to just to help people in, in testing. And in fact, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago based on the within the test group about gamification of testing and how, how best to do it. So yeah, it's a really useful tool, I would say, definitely. I think um, test fear and risk storming and, and that's another element that can really be fun and engaging when you rock up to a meeting with a pack of cards and people that aren't in testing go, what's this all about? And then you get it out and you lay it all out and say, right, come on, let's talk about this. And they suddenly go, wow, that was fun. You know, it's 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 a way to make testing, risk, et cetera, et cetera, all a bit more accessible for everyone. And speaking of making things accessible for, to more people, we wanted to give an update on Make Tester. I think January 2021, we did an episode on relaunching Make Tester and the intention was to contact all the UK universities that did computer science, find out a bit about their course, learn about where they do testing, what they do testing, and see what we could do to improve that perception of testing across the industry. Now, you know, life's been quite difficult and hard and full on for all of us in the last year and a half, two years. So we haven't quite finished all the 112 universities. I think we've got to about 70 and we've contacted. I've got the list. I can give the actual percentages because I looked at it earlier. Bear with me a second. Nothing like preparation. Nothing like prep. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to be prepared, but I've got the wrong tab open. And anyone that knows me knows how many tabs I've got open. We've contacted 68 out of 112. And out of that 68, 12 of them have a testing module in their computer science courses. So a lot of them didn't respond. We sent a blanket email. I've searched websites. I've searched the university websites to find the contact for each of the courses to then send an email personally rather than send it to an admin box to hopefully get a response. I'd say probably half of them haven't responded, but the ones that have responded have been quite keen to talk about it with us. And David, I know we've had several meetings with a few universities in London and and obviously with Plymouth and Aston. So we've made some good connections, um, which leads to the fact that we had our first session with students with Plymouth a couple of weeks ago, and all three of you were co-presenting on that. How do you feel it went? 
I thought it was really positive. As a starter for 10, I think we did really well. If you think of it from a product, we're sort of like version 1.0 at the moment, giving our first presentation. And it was nice to do that in front of students and potentially some of them will become testers. If they don't, that's great. They'll have a bit more knowledge about testing and have a pub conversation and that might spark a spark in somebody who then becomes a tester. You know, great. As I said, version 1.0, there's some iterations to do on it, but I thought we did a smashing job. I came out from it just thinking, wow, this is the best thing ever. Great. What a great initiative. I would say that it's always really nice when you find a group of people that you've kind of got a common cause with and that everyone's very much on the same page wanting to do the same thing. It's a group of people who are quite experienced in presenting things to other people. It was a really nice, I think, I think we did a good job at kind of organizing what we were going to say and having meaning behind what we wanted to say to people as well, knowing why we were telling them about this stuff. A few things that stuck out for me was the general surprise that developers would need to do any testing over and above unit testing. It kind of shocked me a little that that was the sort of response. And I think it shows that there's a lot of work to do there to even for people who want to go into development-led roles, they need a bit of educating, I think, on what the reality of that now looks like in a modern workplace. The other thing that I was pleasantly surprised by was that the tutor mentioned that a number of students had come up to him before they knew we were coming and spoken to him previously about testing roles, that they'd seen testing roles advertised, they wanted to know more about them. I think there's a shift there that testing is perhaps becoming more prevalent to people before they've actually left university and going into work. And that's great because I think there's there's obviously a pool of people there that, that we can help foster and grow. So yeah, both of those things were really interesting to me. I would say it was a really great success. I think we pulled it together really well. I think that the presentation itself, we were all established people within the testing community. We're used to sharing our knowledge. As Shay says, he likes going around and, and talking to people. I think we all do, especially Simon and myself, every fortnight on this particular podcast. But also we got the presentation right. We're used to presenting. And so actually the timing of the presentation, it was fairly slick. There were only some minor changes considering we hadn't done a lot of run-throughs previously. And it gave a story. It also gave a story as to, to what you can actually do. And I think it goes in back to the banter. What we're trying to do in these situations is trying to explain that testing is quite fun. There's more to it than just a developer's perception of unit testing. There is so much more facets to it that you can try different things. And I come from a background of hardware and embedded testing, which is very different to GUI and everything else. So there is a large spectrum of the ability to actually do that. And I think that what we did in that presentation, and hopefully I'll encourage other universities to actually sign us up because we're more than happy to share with other people, that there is much more out there and much more available to people to actually do it. And I would also pick on Beth's point that developers can get a benefit from appreciating tests. They may not necessarily do it the whole of their lives, but actually having an appreciation can make them better developers and coders because actually they can automatically build in the ability to see whether things are going wrong right from the start. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, firstly, 
kudos to Beth who took time to put the deck together. I mean, it did tell a story. It was in the right kind of order. We just slotted our speaker slides in and I did a couple of bits of extra wording on a couple of slides, but it was perfect to tell that journey and it worked well on the on the session. I think we had really good engagement as well. There was a couple of students that were really actively asking us questions. And I think we did a good job of managing the questions from the lecture at the end. I think uh, there was some challenging questions in there around direction of the industry and automation and et cetera, et cetera, which I think we did well. I think the thing that strikes me, which sometimes you get a warped view from the industry, there's a lot of talk of how the testing role is moving away and it's going to be more code focused. The fact that there's testing roles being advertised in universities, there's obviously still a need for those entry level roles. And there's still an interest to get into that field. And I think this is where we can really help that because there is still a need for that testing role, the exploratory, the inquisitive mindset. All of that leads to automation. Yes, there's a pathway to good exploratory testing. You can then identify what the right tests are to automate. There's definitely that pathway there, but there's still that need for that exploratory mind. And if we can start to emphasize that as part of these talks, that there is still a need for those testing people that are are the testing mind that can really be curious and inquisitive and really challenge the status quo as far as the product development and et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a really good step. And you're right. I think there was a little bit of shock around the, oh, what developers need to test kind of thing as well. And I think that's useful. And the more we do of this, the more we'll be able to challenge and and push back and, and show the value of that going forward. I was going to say, speaking of which, were there any other outcomes from the Plymouth talk that you kind of wanted to shout about is there anything that you think was good so we've been asked to go back mm-hmm. um which is a good start yes. they want us to go back again next year so yes that's on the calendar already for next year so we've got that as an annual thing now and they are in discussions to see whether we can help with the industry board as well so maybe help the syllabuses etc cetera, etc cetera. so this is where the aspiration was to maybe if we can partner with one or two universities and start small and start to help those syllabuses we'd then be in a good place to start moving that wider you know there's only six of us if we include chris and russell as well that are actively engaged in this at the moment i'm sure there'll be others that will be willing to join and support us on this journey and the more universities we can talk to who knows what could happen but we've obviously made a good impact with plymouth we're still waiting for aston to come back they were keen on us talking but obviously we've missed the term time now they've finished their exams they'll be off for summer so we'll we'll reach out again in september time And, and again if we can hit the other 60 universities that still need to be contacted in the new year, September time, then we might get a bit more interest in the new year. But yeah, I, I'm happy where we've got to. I think you know, it's taken a while to get to this point. What are your thoughts? What do you think about next steps that we should focus on? I just wanted to pick up very briefly with something you said, and, and I saw a tweet. It wasn't for testing yesterday, but it was for a developer saying, and it's it's done the rounds, the sort of like the world needs non-unicorn developers in this tweet. But I think it's interesting that so many jobs are looking for the unicorn tester. This basically this all singing, all dancing developer, no Cypress, no Selenium, knows all the frameworks, et cetera, et cetera. One thing to say that the, the maker tester is doing is making it known that there are entry-level jobs. I think also organizations need to go, hey, we need to make more entry-level jobs and bring through these people. I'm Beth went, <laughs> I've been in the industry so long. I've been in the industry 22 years this year as a tester and project manager and things. And I'm an old hack. Bringing in fresh eyes to your project to look at this, the things from a different direction 
you cannot buy that. You cannot pay somebody enough. And you get these guys coming out of university straight in there. And why not bring them up? And this is what I think the hopefully the legacy that uh, Make a Tester will build is both universities telling people, hey, testing is, is a role that you can go into. And then finally, hopefully, many more industries, many more organizations going, hey, you know, these people are coming in with a bit of a knowledge now. They're not just young, dumb and with zero knowledge. They've had a bit of knowledge and they're wanting to do this. Let's use that. Yeah. Let's use that enthusiasm. I would also add, I mean, I know we're concentrating with Make a Tester at computer science degrees, but actually anyone can become a tester. Yeah, absolutely. From my background, my degree was in applied biological sciences. I've got people in my group who have got physics degrees, math degrees, or, or some people without any degrees at all. We're concentrating on a specific subset, but actually our message should go out to everyone. Anyone yes. can become a tester. And that's what we're trying to do, but we're starting off small. And that's where the beauty of things like the Coders Guild Bootcamp has come in and they're starting to pick up people to get into testing. And you're right, there's also some organisations, I'm thinking of things like 1010 and Focus, and some of the other big testing suppliers are starting to, this, this graduate scheme to get people in the door. And yes, they'll teach them automation. They'll also teach them the basics of testing as well. And it's starting they're starting to, to contact universities and get those engagements with them. But there is so much more we can do at this, this point. And I still, the fact that only 12 universities out of the 68 we've contacted have got testing embedded in their courses, that shows there's a lot of scope for improvement. I have got a call with Mark Galvin from the University of Cambridge in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully that will be an opportunity to discuss that a bit more and see how we get on there. But yeah, it's, um, it's all moving in the right direction and it's really quite exciting. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly I think the industry has woken up to the fact that there is a gap at the bottom yeah. it's very very hard as you say to hire the unicorns it's hard to hire the people that are a perfect fit for what you want in a market like this it's almost impossible so what you need to do is think long term and try and get those people in and sort of mold them I think the opportunity there or the challenge which is something I'm keeping a keen interest in is how do we train those people how do companies make room to educate those people and to grow those people properly, to do it right, to give them the skills that they need, even past an initial phase of learning? And that's something I think companies really need to focus on. And indeed, not just for people at the beginning of their careers either. There was a very interesting post this week from a guy called Daniel Webb and his colleague Kieran Cornwall who are technical directors at a place called Sparta Global. Global. Yeah. Seem like really nice guys. And they offered to give free Java training for current testers. And over 300 people replied to that offer. So there's clearly a need for people to learn this stuff. And you've got to ask yourself, why aren't they given the opportunities to do that in their roles? More than 76% of respondents already call themselves Java estets or they work in these roles, but they still feel like they're not doing enough, or perhaps the market's moved from where they are in their current job. I think there's a huge gap there for companies to step in and be able to retain great people by um, supporting them actively. That's something I'm very interested in. I think you make a good point. I think that companies do need to nurture everyone within the testing community or even when they're within their company. Things move on, technology moves on. And also people at the beginning of their career, we're talking about make a tester, they haven't got the skills. They are coming in quite raw. And so therefore you need to invest in them. And the difficulty for larger companies sometimes is the fact that they try and do 
an induction thing. So one size fits all. And that can't work because every individual has individual needs. And so therefore it does need to be a little bit bespoke, but with the same journey in order to enable them to actually succeed. And as much for them succeed to have a certain amount of success early on to allow them to gain in confidence, but also to nurture them so that they can achieve within the company and potentially stay here for or stay out of company for many years and have a successful time. But there will always be expectation that people might not stay for the whole of their careers and so therefore will move on. So you are investing in them, but you're giving them the best opportunity to succeed wherever they go. Yeah, I'd agree. Speaking from my own experience at the moment, one of my aspirations longer term is to set up some kind of a testing academy with an EasyJet would be ideal. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but that's the aspiration. But I have to start at the more senior level. I have to get the right people underneath me and I have to bring the right engaged and right, right passion into the teams we already have before we then start looking at ensuring that graduates come in and got the right support network in place. So it's, it, I mean, I'm at a journey where building the, building the passion in the teams at the higher level now, and then hopefully we will get to a point in, in a few years time where we are ready to, to start bringing on that cohort of, of juniors to really sort of bolster the teams in the right way. But, you know, at the moment, that's not something the company are even thinking. That's the journey that I've got to take. That's my next step to convince the powers that be that it's the right way. And maybe not just for testing, maybe it's a, a wider tech academy within EasyJet that we actually bring junior developers, junior BAs, PMs, you know, technology uh, analysts, etc., across the board in to support the systems. But we're on a journey, but that's certainly an aspiration, but it's part of the fabric of the em- employees. Yeah, it's a big journey. I, I was fortunate enough to be part of the start of the journey that they're now called 1010, but when I worked there, they were the test people. And we were very fortunate to have a couple of people who were really interested in becoming trainers. So they learned about learning. And they are the true unicorns. They are the true right? unicorns. They're the unicorns. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're still there to this day, uh, 10, 10, leading the academy. And it's amazing what they set up. And I was able to help on the early cohorts and I mentored some of them actually in their first roles out in, in the wild. And it was fabulous, you know, but gosh, the, the amount of setup in the initial journey was massive. And if larger organizations really took to getting these academies within their organization, be it, call it, let's call it a technical academy or something like that, or an engineering academy where you come in as a graduate and you choose your role and you can switch roles and things like that. Wow, how cool would that be? But, you know, make a tester, I think it's really, really cool. Making that awareness. So people will go into these jobs and go, hey, look, I heard Simon talk about this and Shay and David and Beth, and it's pretty awesome. Do you have anything in, in your organization that can fulfill me the way that I had this in university? That'll spark something. So it's the first step on a journey and it's brilliant. I go back to the graduate scheme that I joined when I joined McAfee. And it was two months as a developer, two months as a, a QA, and two months as an anti-spam research person. So you got an experience of research, QA, and, and development. And the thing was, because I was the only one that went through it, that never continued. They never brought more people through. Um, maybe I did a bad job, but <laughs> they never continued it. But the idea was that was going to be a continuous funnel of bringing people through, and they'd get to choose whether they wanted to go to development, testing, and, and research. At the time, I went for development, but after two or three years, I decided that that testing was more my thing. But that idea was something that I can see coming back a bit more now that let's bring graduates in, let's give them an opportunity to learn different areas of the company. And then we'll, they'll find a place to sit They'll find a place to to work, a team to, to, to be part of. And I think testing's part of that. And I think as long as we're saying that testing is part of that, then that's the first goal achieved almost, that we're on a level with the others. We're not saying we're better. We're not saying we're bigger than, than the other the tech fields, 
but a lot of times testing gets forgotten and it's only through using suppliers or third parties that the testing gets done rather than investing in our own people from a test perspective. So I've got a question. So going back to this maker tester and we're talking to potential graduates and people at university, we obviously represent four companies and obviously we've got Chris and Russell as well. And we have great advocates for graduates. Obviously, they can't all apply just to the six companies we work for. So what questions or what do you think that new graduates should look for in companies as part of their test infrastructure to give them the best chance of success? Gosh, I love that. I love that. That's that's an amazing question. One of the best questions I think I've ever ever heard on a podcast. Off the cuff, I think, you know, ideally, you want to want to look for somebody who's a champion in the industry being there already. You know, as you said, apply to one of our six companies. But I think ideally having someone there, but as a new tester, if you're passionate about your craft, mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. So ask yeah, about agreed. what mentoring you're getting. And then guys, get it in writing as part of your contract and stuff. Cause so many companies go, yeah, yeah, three months mentoring. It'll be great. You'll sit beside somebody you get in the first week and they go, right, you've got to put out because you're not making money unless you do testing, mate. And that sucks. And that really annoys me when companies do that. So look, get mentoring, get it written down, get some sort of time put in. If, you, if you're lucky enough to get the job, get time put in in the calendar. Make sure that whoever your mentor is sticks to it, pull them along, have the courage to say, you're mentoring me. I want to be like you, or I want to be better. I want to better myself. You need to be here. You need to step up, son, and come and help me. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the other thing is, even before you go for those company roles, reach out to the industry, reach out to the social Twitter, LinkedIn, find a community of testers that you want to talk to, ask questions to. You soon find from that the companies that are the buzz at the moment from their testing perspectives, whether that be Dunelm or Ada Health or others that have got good testing people already in place that may want to bring more people on. There's definitely opportunities in that respect. And then then it's it's finding your own path. If you get that experience from mentors outside of your workplace, people in the industry that are willing to support you, there's plenty of people that are willing to have virtual coffees or physical coffees. Now we can meet up again to, to chat about stuff and to help you on your journey. Social media is full of people that are willing to help. Reach out, find that person that you connect with, talk about what your aspirations are, and then look for the roles. Maybe they can help you look for the roles. Maybe they can find the companies that are going to support you in the way that you need them to support you. I would add almost nothing to, to <laughs> what people have said other than the fact that I speak to people pretty much at every event that I attend that feel like they're in that position where they were maybe not missold, but they maybe thought, the support that they were going to get is different to what's materialized. And, and that's a source of huge frustration. And, and it's a, a huge source of why people leave. And I don't I think that there's an onus on companies as well as the individual there to try and actively tackle that. I think one thing I would try and suggest, if you are someone who is, is looking at that first step, do your research on the company, ask them what kinds of testing you will be getting involved in, because you want to be learning by doing as well as learning from somebody. And if you're given opportunities to get involved in the area of testing that you think you might want to grow into, be that exploratory testing, um, doing some automation, doing some mobile testing, you know, not all companies do those things or not all companies will expect you to get involved in those things. So, so that's definitely something you can try and eke out at interview stage and just find out what your responsibilities will be and who will be there to help you um, because you will make a lot of mistakes to start with and that you should work for a company where that's okay. So yeah, that would be my my tip there. 
Yeah, I would echo everything that Evan has said. I haven't got much more to add. I would also say that if the expectations are not met, I would still hold the company accountable and say, look, I asked to do this. Not do it in a too aggressive way. You don't want to ruffle too many feathers early on in your career, but it shows that you're ambitious and that you want to get on. And actually, that is something that companies should encourage. Yes. And so actually, 100%. if you do want more, and also the other the other thing is don't hold loyalty to mentors. You know, mentors are there to support you. If you at times find that actually they're limited, then they should be mature enough to realize along with you, that actually it's time to move on on to get a new mentor. They're not there for life. They're there to share information. So make sure that you can progress and try your best within the company. But as Beth said, if you do get too frustrated, I've had people come to to us because they felt they were missold what their job was actually going to be. And so naturally, the first thing I do is try and make sure that their expectations are met when they come here. And then I regularly check, is what I said actually happening? Are you getting the challenges that you want? Are you doing this? So that there is that communication. And again, they can give direct feedback as to how we've actually done and how that individual program for them is going. Yeah, it's one of the things I've said so many times to people who I've helped with uh, with finding jobs or on their career or whatever. It's like, there's only one person who curates your career and that's you. Nobody else can do that for you. So if it ain't working, fix it. You're the only person who can. So talk to your your manager, talk to your mentor, talk, just talk because I I have my job. And if I'm mentoring you and I'm I'm trying to do my job as well, I may not know that you're you're feeling pain at the moment or feeling feeling adverse feelings or whatever. And so yeah, if you if you talk, then talk early on and then hopefully we can change it. And yeah, absolutely. Curate your own career, guys. Yeah, would agree. Brilliant. Well that's that's a fantastic time to end so thank you very much for a great discussion i hope that everyone listening enjoyed this uh, update on make a tester it won't be the last update things are moving forwards and we will keep you updated as to exactly what's happening also if you are part of a university and you'd like us to invite us in please do get in touch with us you can get in touch with us through email contact us at testingpeers.com also we are available through the main social media sites so linkedin twitter instagram facebook you can also support us through patreon uh, if you'd like to also if any organizations would like to help us and support us with this uh, initiative then please again get in touch we would like any help whatsoever to get our positive message out there to get the best talent to choose testing as a career so I hope you've enjoyed listening and thank you very much for Shay and Beth for stepping in at the last minute uh, to support us in this podcast. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.